Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for April 10th is 1 Samuel chapters 9 through 12. Israel gets her king. Not a good thing, <laughs> unfortunately. Now, I think it's important to go back because we didn't have time to cover it yesterday. I went way over and didn't even mention the fact that Israel demanded a king because Samuel's sons were appointed as judges and they were wicked. Maybe not quite as bad as Eli's sons, but nonetheless, they weren't fair. They were taking bribes. They were not representing God well at all. And they were not fairly judging the people. And that's why Israel said, give us a king. It wasn't the right response, but it surely must have been humbling to Samuel. And I wonder if Samuel, when he was young, judged in his heart Eli for not being a better father, for not having better sons. I wonder if he ever said in his heart, boy, when I grow old and I, if I have two sons, They'll be better. They won't act this way. I don't know. Perhaps. But then in chapter 9, the donkeys of Kish wander off, and Kish sends his son Saul after them. We learn in verse 16 that it was God who preempted this because God, speaking to Samuel, says, I will send you a man at this time tomorrow whom you are to anoint king over Israel. In the same way that God led the cows bringing back the ark from the Philistine camp back to Israel, God is also leading these donkeys astray, or so it seems, astray, in order to use those circumstances to send Saul off where he meets Samuel. And in verse 16, it does say, God speaking to Samuel, at this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, anoint him ruler over my people. He will save them, Saul will save them from the Philistines because... I have seen the affliction of my people, for their cry has come to me. We know that God did not want, it wasn't ideal for God to anoint a man to be king. God was and is to be the king over his people, but the people wanted a man. And yet God even allowed their desire, their sinful desire to be like all the nations around them. God allowed those circumstances. And even in the midst of their sin and their compromise, used their request to answer their prayer. Isn't he kind that way? We see that when Samuel and Saul finally do meet on the road, Samuel asks the way to the seer's house. 
Samuel says, I am the seer. And then he says, I'll tell you everything that's in your hearts. So often prophecy is a revealing of the things that are already in your hearts. If anyone prophesies to you and tells you things that seem strange and outlandish and ridiculous, maybe their words are not accurate. The New Testament tells us to test everything and hold on to that which is good. So be careful when you receive a word later in chapter 10. Samuel is instructing Saul and he says, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place prophesying. They will be preceded by harps, tambourines, flutes, and lyres. The spirit of Yahweh will come powerfully on you, Saul, and you will prophesy and you will be transformed. Literally, that says, you will be turned into another man. When the spirit of God comes a Upon us, we are changed. We know that verse in Corinthians that says, the old has gone. There's a new creation. My friends, if you are following God, you should not be the same person you used to be. You should be changed. The heart of stone should be removed and a heart of flesh should be placed within you. And if you feel as though you're the same person you used to be, pray and ask God to change you. I know when that happened to me, I prayed and said, God, please don't let me quit this new life. I've quit everything I've ever started. God, don't let me quit this too. The change should be drastic, just like in verse 11 of chapter 10. Everyone who knew Saul previously saw him prophesy with the prophets, and they asked each other, what has happened to this son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And then Saul is anointed king. And in chapter 11, we're told the story of how the Ammonites plan to ransack one of the Israelite cities and they send out a plea for help. And when Saul hears the threats that were made against his countrymen, the spirit of God suddenly came powerfully on him and his anger burned furiously because God does get angry when people sin, especially when they harm other people or threaten to harm other people. God delivers the victory. There's a massive routing of Israel's enemy. And that's the way it should be. There should be a massive routing of God's enemy when we are filled with his spirit.
when we have a righteous, holy anger against things that are displeasing, things that are unfair, things that are unrighteous, And that, my friends, is a summation of 1 Samuel chapters 9 through 12. Thank you for being on this journey through the word with me. We'll see you tomorrow.